Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen every day. What's up, Chicago? I'm Erin Allen, and this is The Rundown. So it goes without saying that there is nothing like the Internet. It serves us in so many ways. I mean, just the function of a Google search alone can settle an argument or lead you down one of the most interesting rabbit holes of your life. And another thing about the World Wide Web is that, for better or for worse, it never forgets. Say you did something that got your name in the paper, and that one thing, big or small, can follow you around forever, even after the beef was squashed or the charges were dropped. That's one reason why my colleagues over at the Chicago Sun-Times created a new policy this month. It's called the right to be forgotten. And it allows people whose name has appeared in the paper over the years to request a de-indexing of sorts, meaning an article that features their name won't continue popping up in online searches. Everybody deserves a second chance. And if we can, as a newspaper, do a better job of protecting the privacy rights of individual citizens, it would help the community heal. That's Mary Mitchell. She's a longtime columnist and director of culture and community engagement at the Sun-Times. She crafted the right to be forgotten policy with a few other people at the paper, including Jennifer Coe, the executive editor at the Sun-Times. They're both here to talk about making this process a reality, starting with Jennifer explaining how they ended up with this policy and how it works. We've been covering crime for a long time at the Sun-Times, and in a lot of cases, we have in the past covered arrests where eventually the arrests end up being dropped, dismissed, expunged, or reversed. Um, anyway, they don't result in, in a conviction, or sometimes they don't even you know go to trial. And... Um, what we were hearing from the community in a lot of cases is people were saying that their lives were being disrupted or harmed or like they were having a lot of challenges or difficulties because of that information now being available mm. like pretty easily online through yeah. Google search. So what this um, policy does is it gives people a pretty easy, simple form to fill out um, to request that we review um, a previous article that was pertaining to um, – a crime or arrest or some sort of, you know, allegation. Um, and if we find that, you know, the public good of keeping it up does not overshadow the kind of individual harm, we will de-index it from Google search so that it's still in the archive, it's still in the record, but it is um, not something that will come up first when somebody searches this person's, like, name, for instance. Mm, okay. Um, Mary, you and your colleague, uh, Deputy Managing Editor at the Sun-Times, Norm Parrish, are spearheading um, this effort. And I wonder what brought this to your attention in the first place. Well, you know, it it really falls in line with uh, the George Floyd police killing. People really wanted a way to make the system more just. And Mm -hmm. it just seemed unfair that if you made a mistake— and you did something wrong, or if you just did something criminal 20 years ago, that it should follow you for the rest of your life. You know, it's just that old story about, you know, there's a file on you somewhere, and you everything <laughs> you ever did bad is in it. Uh, yeah. so, in some cases, they hadn't even done anything, right? Right. Well, mm. well, some in some cases, they've been accused, 
but they weren't charged or they were released or they were, the, the case was expunged. There was something that really gave you an opening to say, hey, they need another chance. Yeah. Uh, and so that's how we got involved in it. Uh, it was in the, in the spirit of everybody deserves a second chance. Yeah. And if we can figure out a way as a newspaper, which our responsibility is to shed light and truth and to inform people, if we can, as a newspaper, do a better job of protecting the privacy rights of individual citizens, it would help the community heal. Tell me, who who is most impacted by this kind of coverage? Is there a specific demographic or population that you kind of are running into a lot? Well, there there is quite a range, but I will say, you know, historically speaking, it's black people, for sure. And we just had like a pointer training on this, and we had um, Kelly McBride come and speak with the newsroom. Mm. And um, she showed us some data that shows that while black people are arrested at a higher rate than their representation in a community. Um, mm-hmm. Media coverage tends to overcover those arrests versus white arrests specifically. Wow. Um, so in the past, media as an industry as a whole has overrepresented um, black crimes compared to other demographics, particularly white crimes. Um, walk me through how, how the Sun-Times is rolling this out. I guess the first thing is we rolled out a form, and that kind of lays out, you know, what we're looking at, what it takes to request a review, um, and and who is eligible. And we're looking primarily at people who have been accused of crimes, um, and either they have had the charges were dropped, dismissed, expunged, or reversed, or they were acquitted. Okay. And there are some... You know, a few other exceptions where there's gray areas where we have laid out and we're not sure exactly, you know, depending on the situation, how we would handle it. Yeah. Um, and so we explicitly said, for instance, domestic violence victims, um, juvenile cases. There's, you know, other instances that we may not have thought of yet where these cases may deserve a second look. Um, and all we're asking for is sort of like, what is the evidence? Well, what is the situation? Like, why do you want this to be reviewed? Yeah. And, um, you know, to give us like, a way to identify the story, a link, you know. Um, the website says requests have to be submitted by the person affected. Now, to my mind, that could be the person named as an offender as much as it could be the witness of the crime. Um, can you give me a sense uh, or an example of how you're defining affected person or who is the person who could not submit a request, who would not be considered an affected person. Very interesting question. And one of the things that came up in the latest uh, uh, request that we had was someone who wanted to clear a person who was deceased's name. And we had not even thought about what to do about that because that's a person that obviously they can't apply. No. And, <laughs> and do we have, does someone have the right to apply for somebody else? Yeah. You know, so that's something that we're still thinking our way through. Okay. And that the panel will have to come to a decision. But the goal and the interesting thing about this is that we wanted a policy that would exist even if we're not around Mm -hmm. so that we're consistent and we're not just ad hoc. You know, on a good day, somebody calls in and someone's in a good mood and we'll (laughs) give you the right to be forgotten. And on a bad day, you don't do it. We want to make sure that we are following a process. And it's consistent, you know. We're going to keep track of all of these in a like matrix, make sure that we have developed sort of a case law and so that we are kind of um, making decisions 
you know, in a way that is is consistently applied. Um, to answer your question about who is affected, generally it's people who are named in the story. Okay. <laughs> because um, we were talking about Google search and uh, whether the story will be de-indexed or not. And so if nobody is finding the person in association with the story or they don't feel that there's a fallout based on a close association with that person, like in the case of somebody who's deceased, you know, it would have to be probably the next of kin. But in most cases, it would be, I think, somebody who is named in the story or who would see a significant impact in their lives based on people finding this easily on search. Yeah. Okay. Now, I know there are some folks that are listed in the policy who are specifically ineligible to apply for this. Um, we got elected officials, folks running for public office. Um, just a little devil's advocate question. <laughs> Why would they be excluded if they say have an expunged record or were exon- exonerated as well? Well, you know, our, our thinking was that someone who is running for public office, you have a right to know everything about their background. I mean, mm. you give up the right to privacy when you become a public person and a public figure. Interesting. So it's not the same as a citizen. Uh, this is what you can expect if you're going to run for public office. Or police officers, for instance, if they had charges against them in the past, mm-hmm. uh if they wanted to go to another state and look for a job, wouldn't it be fair that that new situation understand what this person had done in Chicago? Yeah. In in cases where there's a big public benefit and a reason for people to know this information, you know, again, we are a paper and that ultimately is um, our goal. But we are going to be, like I said, always weighing that with the harm to the individual versus the good to the public. Yeah. Um, I could definitely see this bringing up conversations about how to report on crime going forward, um, especially in a big urban city <laughs> like Chicago. I would love to hear how the way you think about crime reporting has changed over the years. Um, I'd love to hear from from both of you on that. Um, Jen, can you start? Yeah, our policies have changed a lot over the years. Y'all, long before I have have gotten here, like we don't use mugshots, you know, we don't um, name sexual assault victims, things like that. Um, and then also, we used to cover um, a lot more of all of the crime blotter stories. We still cover a good number of them, but they have to meet particular criteria, like so, so many people are killed, or um, there are some other factors mm-hmm. that go into this that so we have something to say about the, about the crime. Um, so there's a lot of different things, but It's something that we're constantly changing, and we're in the process of changing now um, as we kind of reconsider all of the kind of topics we cover and consider our editorial strategy going forward. Well, I think the crime coverage is like you're between a rock and a hard place. You don't want to over-report the crime, and you don't want to give the impression that there's nothing nothing going on in the community (laughs) but crime, okay? I I think we've we've found a healthy balance. I mean, you can find stories in uh, the Chicago Sun-Times that are very positive stories and give people hope. And you can also see stories in which people are informed about what they should be looking out for. For instance, if there's a lot of carjackings in my neighborhood, I want to know about that so I know how to protect myself. Mm -hmm. And I think that people have a right to know that. But at the same time, I also know that we should also be uplifting and profiling the positive things that go on in the neighborhood so people have a sense of there is some hope. Yeah. It's so well said. And, you know, we've been doing these community listening sessions every month. We're going to a different neighborhood. And this is something that we're hearing a lot from all of the community so far that we've been 
to. People do want to know what's going on. They do want to be informed. They don't want us to not cover the bad stuff, um, but they also don't want us to overcover it as a kind of percentage of our coverage because they also want to hear, you know, want people to see the balance yes. about Chicago because especially nationally, I think people f- feel that Chicago has this reputation um, that is actually not really in line with what's actually happening in terms of crime. Jen Co is the Sun-Times executive editor. Jen, thank you so much. Thank you. And Mary Mitchell is a columnist and director of culture and community engagement at the Chicago Sun-Times. Mary, thank you. Thank you for the invite. To learn more or to request a review of a story that features your name, head to chicago.suntimes.com. And after all this, you might be wondering if WBEZ has its own type of right-to-be-forgotten policy. And the answer is, we are working on it. We're putting together something like it. Our approach will be a little different since we do have audio to think about as well. I will keep you posted on that. And that's it for today. Thank you to Justin Bull, Sarah Stark, and Lauren Frost for producing The Rundown. Haley Bloomquist was the engineer for this episode, and our theme music is by Louis Weeks. If you love The Rundown, rate us, review us. It helps more people find the show. I'm Erin Allen. Thank you for listening. I'll talk to you tomorrow. <laughs>